I told you by faith that God was going to move among us if we humbled ourselves and fasted and prayed and sought his face this month. Yesterday, as I was coming to the end of our fast, I opened my Bible and it fell open to Daniel chapter 10. I had not looked at Daniel chapter 10 since I fasted in December. I double fasted because I'm double desperate for a move of God among us. And it flipped right open to Daniel 10 and the verse my eyes landed on was... You know God's alive, right? You know He's alive. And He's real. And He loves this stuff. And He's listening to us. He's looking for people in the earth who are seeking Him. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For they that come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And my Bible opened up to this scripture. From the first day that you humbled yourself to understand and humbled yourself before the God of heaven, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Don't you dare not believe that God hears you when you pray. From the first day that we as a spiritual community started this fast, our words have been heard in heaven. And God and his angels have come and begun working among us on the first day that we prayed. Now you're going to hear some great testimonies in just a moment. I'm going to ask everybody who emailed me or texted me, please come down here, come down front, start moving out of your seats and please come down front here. And because I want you to be ready to come up here and you're going to have like two minutes to give your testimony. And if you take more, yeah, I'm going to help you. And after we're done hearing these testimonies, I'm going to share a brief word, like five minutes max. And then we're going to do something special at the end of the service that I believe the Lord uh, wants to do. And healing is going to break out in this place. The word testimony, I want you to catch this. It's so important. Why are we having a testimony Sunday? One, to glorify God, what he's doing in our midst. Listen, for those of you who have not yet received a miracle, rejoice with those who have. Don't shut heaven off by a bad attitude and focus on what he has not done because your miracle just hasn't come yet. Keep your faith light on. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And keep believing. Amen? Okay, now the word testimony literally means to do again. The word Deuteronomy is the word testimony. It means to do again. The reason that Moses wrote the book of Deuteronomy and spoke all the miracles God had already done for them was because... The faith that produced that miracle the first time, when you hear it, literally, the faith can leap into your heart and create that same miracle over again. I'll tell you one story about this, and then we're going to start hearing these testimonies. At a church up north, Bethel, Bill Johnson, the lead pastor, it was, his son is now, somebody was given a testimony about a young child's club foot that was healed. There was a lady in the congregation and she heard that testimony and her child was in the children's church at that time and he had a club foot. She heard that testimony and she had faith for her child. When she went to pick him up from children's church, his club foot was completely healed.
Remember I told you the pattern of faith? You hear it. You believe it. You do it. You will see it. So, let's hear some testimonies. Amen. Now, let's let Al Mason go first. Everybody that texted me or emailed me, please come down right now. We don't want to wait for you to come down. You come right down in the front rows. Let's welcome, in fact, start lining up right here at the stairs. Let's welcome Al Mason. And what you just saw, by the way, is a miracle. Al, tell us what happened to you. Well, when I was a child, I used to jump off the garage roof. And in doing so, I messed up my knees. And I got all the way through the Army, through Vietnam, the whole thing, airborne, with bad knees. Came home, and uh, it just kept getting worse. And uh, it got to the point where I was in a great deal of pain. And uh, last last Sunday I came, and we prayed for people, and I was prayed for. And by God, I got up and I walked out without my cane. And I don't need Yes, sir. That's a miracle, and I praise God for it. So what are you going to do with that cane now? I'm going to give it to anybody who needs it. No. We're putting it right over there. All right. Now. So, now you told, hold that. You told me that you were actually in the prayer line praying for others. Yes. Tell us, tell us that part of it. <laughs> My wife and I decided we wanted to be, uh, pray for people. So we came down. And, and that's we, the first time you've ever done that? Yes. Okay. And the three, there were three young ladies came down. And my wife and I prayed for all three of them. And when I left, I was able to walk up the center aisle without my cane. He wasn't, he didn't get prayed for. He was praying for somebody else to be healed, and he was healed. Yes. Come on. And so I called him this week and I said, Al, do you think you can make it up those stairs without your cane? He said, I don't know. And I said, yes, you will. <laughs> I said, you come Sunday morning and you walk up those stairs without your cane and you just saw him do it. And I asked Lorraine, because wives don't lie. And I said, Lorraine, have you ever seen him walk like that without his cane? Because last Sunday he came out and said, you know anybody that needs this? I said, why? He said, I was just healed. And I said, walk. <laughs> and I said, Lorraine, have you ever seen him walk like that without his cane? She said, no. This morning he walked up those stairs to practice before this. And I said, Lorraine, have you, ever seen, do you th- what, have you ever seen him walk upstairs like that without his cane? And she said, no. That's how he knows a true testimony because the wife says so. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, John. All right. Come on, okay. Stephanie, come on up. Now, with those of you, I'm going to say it one more time or you're going to get rebuked. If you emailed me or texted me, get your butt over by those stairs. Because we have testimonies to hear. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, I was in India. And uh, one day, the group I was with, we went out to a village. And we were in a home sharing with four or five people. And we kind of came to realize during our course of talking with them that there was one man who was having a hard time hearing, and he was deaf in one ear. So we were, the person who was talking was right next to him, and we were speaking loudly. We were sharing with him, and he really was not interested in the gospel. But um, before we left, we said, hey, can we pray for you? We'd like to pray for your ear. So we did this thing. They call it mass spoken prayer. Like everybody laid his hand on them, and then they just, Everybody just goes for it in their language of choice. <laughs> I used English. And uh, guess what? We just prayed for him for like a minute, and his ear was healed. So awesome. And I really was wishing, oh, gosh, that he had come to know the Lord. But kind of a cool thing, two other people um, during the week, <clears throat> I think Ron got to talk with both of these people. They had been prayed for earlier by Christians and had been healed. And so when they heard the gospel, they were more than ready to receive. So I'm just praying this was a part of that man's journey with Amen. Amen. Let's give him praise. Come on. Oh, you got one more? Yeah. So there was another woman. This wasn't my team, but somebody else prayed for a woman with tuberculosis. She was really sick, not feeling well at all. The next day, she felt much better. And then I got a text last week saying that that woman had been totally healed. 
Woo! Jenny can get on up here. Her walking up here is the miracle. Janine, what happened to you? Now, all these testimonies, I want you to know, are within the last 21 days. We heard some from the big ask in December. I don't know why I have any overlapping, but I want to, if I haven't said it, I want it to be very clear. God promised us that if we sought him, he would reward us. He would respond to us. These are just testimonies from the beginning of 2019. Here we go. So I'm, I don't know where to begin, but I'm okay. just a we'll little begin by make back sure you keep story. <laughs> um, I have been praying for a job for a while now, just to make sure it was the right time. I'd been home with my kids for about four years now. So um, long story short, the Lord opened the door and first day of work, I'm sitting in my car and just killing some time because I'm kind of early. So I just started praying and I'm like, you know, it's my first day of work. I haven't been at work for four years. It's just all new to me again. And so um, finished that and I opened the door and I step out and immediately like minutes after I somehow tripped um, severely like fractured, did something to my ankles because I heard about two or three pops and um, was just laid out in the parking lot and some nice lady came up and helped me up and sat me down on the curb and it was funny because I couldn't even get up from there <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, I have like five minutes to get to work and my job consists of standing the entire time so I didn't know how I was going to be able to pull that off. Anyway, um, it was like triple double the size it was so huge i could barely even stand on it and, and, and uh, your husband andy works in sports medicine and he said that he sees this all day long and he said it was either a high ankle sprain or fractured bone oh yeah he said it was definitely something okay. i mean i definitely did i mean i didn't break it but i definitely did something crazy to it um so that was i think thursday or something so sunday comes along so i'm like limping everywhere i mean i couldn't even my husband was like <laughs> was holding my purse any type of weight I had I couldn't even like I couldn't hold my purse I could barely even walk he was holding me we were like limping as we got here and um I just felt um after the sermon that I thought you know what I just followed my spirit let me just get down there and maybe you know the Lord can just heal me and that would be just so great to walk out of here and not have to worry on you know going back to work the next day um so I came down and God you know you you prayed and laid hands on my foot, and immediately you said, um, stand on it, put pressure on it. And that was weird because I felt nothing. And then you said, yeah, I walk. Said, well, I said, um, I said uh, if, the pre- if the pain was a 10, what is it now? And you didn't answer me. And I, and I said, oh, it's okay. I was speechless. We'll pray again. I was speechless. I, couldn't, speechless. I, just, I literally couldn't even describe that I was feeling no pain. I was like, you said there's no pain. No pain. And then you're like, walk. So then I started walking, and that was just unbelievable because for, like, four days straight, I literally was just, like, barely inching, <laughs> and I was able to, like, put full pressure. It was amazing. So since then, I haven't felt anything. So, so God gets the glory for that. So Andy, Andy, her husband, was going, what, what, what? Well, because he had been taking care of me. He's been bandaging, he was bandaging my foot. Like, you know, he's doing this whole stuff for me. So he's probably like, oh, he's off the hook. And then a dream... And then, and then Adrena, thank you very much. Let's praise God. And then Adrena, after church, she came up and she goes, Pastor John, I've never seen, you know Adrena, right? I've never seen a miracle. I've never seen a miracle. I'm shocked. I don't know why I'm shocked, but I'm shocked. I've never seen a miracle. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I saw Janine coming into camp, church and she could not walk on that. And then I saw her leaving church and I said, what happened to you? She said, I got healed. And they were hugging and crying and isn't that beautiful amen jerry so i actually wasn't prepared to come up but here i am i don't have a great miracle story but it's more of a revelation um uh, a deeper revelation of partnering with god to get his will done rather than asking god to get my will done so you know as a young believer I get to uh, Romans 1, 12, 1 and 2 that says, uh, uh, offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, and then we will know God's perfect will. Yeah. And delight yourself in the Lord, and we will know that he will give us the desires of our heart. So as a young believer, I'm like, yeah, I want to, you know, I got all these things I want to do. God's going to bless me with all this stuff. And then um, eventually, as I was walking with the Lord, I realized, oh, wait a minute. 
you know, Jesus says, first seek the kingdom of God. Come on. All these things will be added unto you. And then Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done. So as I grew in the Lord, I realized it's, it's more about getting God's will done, not God getting my will done because I'm a good guy. I'm a good oh my son. Yes. And now, now he's going to bless me with getting my will done. Yeah. So just over this fast, um, just kind of that revelation that put it into making me realize, yes, that's what I've been doing eventually is now I'm not just asking, Lord, um, you know, I increase my finances or get me out of debt or all these things about me. Now it's, Lord, what is your will? And his will is that every tribe and tongue would praise his name. (laughs) All the nations would praise his name. So now I'm asking, Lord, how can I partner with you to get your will done? Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He just called that a small testimony. (laughs) No. For everybody else that already came up, forgive me, but this is the biggest testimony we've heard yet. When God turns our wills from ours to his, that's the hardest thing on earth. Are you following me? Because that opens the windows of heaven like nothing else because that is the ultimate humility. Lord, thank you for turning this hard-hearted, willful, rebellious... (laughs) My my time's up. Thank you, Lord, for that testimony of humbling and being just like Jesus. Not my will, but yours be done. Bless him, Lord. But the cool thing is... Come on up, Phil. Go ahead. The cool thing is, is that um, uh, God might say to me, continue doing what you're doing. Not, okay, oh, now I want you to go to the far ends of the earth and do this stuff. He might say, go down to House of Blues, play your behind off for me. Yes. You know? Yes. It might not be some new thing, but but I'm partnering with God now in, in a deeper. That is huge. William, how you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. good. You know what amazes me about this testimony is the way the Lord orchestrated it and how I've given up, but he didn't give up on me. So don't give up on him. So uh, about two months ago, I got a ticket for not having my seatbelt on. And then I got the, the, oh, so um, I got the, letter and the letter is says it's $180 for the seatbelt and then the uh, traffic court's 300 bucks and I'm like man so I got it and I told Lord Lord I'm going to go see that judge my prayer specifically is for favor 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 and a complete dismissal cuz any other judgment I still have to go to traffic court and pay the 300 bucks so that day came and I found myself Running late, I'm never running late. I'm a military guy. I'm right there. But I was running late. Got there, and there was no parking. And I told the Lord, Lord, I, didn't pr- I prayed for favor, not a headache. <laughs> but as I said that, eh, a spot opened up. I'm like, I felt a little bad about that. So I finally made it to the courtroom. And as I got there, I was pretty much the last guy, and I just made it through the doors. And if you've ever been in a courtroom, traffic court, there's like 60 people there. And the way it's set up is they call 10, and then each of one goes up and pleads to the judge. And as I'm sitting there, I realize that my excuse, because I was going to tell him my excuse, was getting dumber and dumber and dumber. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to embarrass myself in front of all these people. So then he kept on going, and I'm waiting and waiting for my name, and finally he calls my name. And I was the very last one. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to share my, I'm not going to try, I'm not going to try, I'm not going to try. Until I realize that by the time I step up there, I'm going to be the the only one there, the judge and the bailiff, and that's it. So I said, I'm going to go for it. (laughs) So I went up there, and he told me, okay, this is 100 bucks, go over there and pay for it. I'm like, judge, can I just explain the situation? He goes, go ahead. And I said, I was explaining it. In the middle of it, he interrupts me. And he turns his head to the bailiff and asks him, have I been nice to anybody this morning? 
There you go. <laughs> Come on. Yes. I want you to know that that was not a coincidence. I hope I don't have to say that. That's what favor looks like. Divine favor, that's what it looks like. My wife and I have been to so many scenarios where it's going one direction, and all of a sudden the person completely changes in mid-sentence, showing us favor. And my wife and I look at each other like, wow, just happened to me this week, but I won't take every time right now to tell you that. But that's what divine favor looks like. You don't, we don't have to live by our own efforts. God's favor is amazing. Let's welcome Gary Mancini. Okay, this is a, a testimony over a 16-year period. I'm going to try to do it in two minutes. A couple weeks ago, John called at the end of the sermon. He said, okay, let's do one last worship song. And everybody stood up and started to worship. I couldn't get out of my chair. All of a sudden, the power of God came on me. And I was overwhelmed with his love and with his faithfulness. And he started to just download these memories over 16 years of his faithfulness in my life. And um, six, about 16 years prior, I had my ideal job. I had reached within my career. I was with Maytag Appliances for 20 years, and I had reached my ideal position. I was a national, I was over a national sales channel of, that was brought in $250 million a year. It was a great job. I loved the people I was working with. I got to use the company jet when I needed it. I walked into work one morning. They called a special meeting, told me, that called me the night before and said, we have a special meeting at 7 in the morning. I walked into that meeting. There were six other of the senior management there, and they laid me off. They fired me. I was devastated. I thought I was going to retire with that company. That started the 16 years. Now here's the good stuff. Through that 16 years, God was so faithful. And what he showed me that morning I hadn't really even thought about it or looked at it, but I had actually worked six different jobs over those 16 years, and I had tried to start six different businesses. I, there were a couple of good years in there, a lot of pain, a lot of unhappiness, but I just kept trying to press into the things of God. 16 years, and so then two years ago, the, our business, the business I have now with uh, my partner, Mike D'Ambra, we hit a major breakthrough. And that was the 16-year period. So that was two years ago. God has blessed our business. It's going wonderful. I mean, it's such a blessing. He brought us through that whole time. But then, out of nowhere, the next year, we had, we had inherited some mineral rights that were, were worthless. There had never been any money on them. They were worthless. They were from my grandparents' farmland, my parents' farmland. And at this point, you'd already used up your 401K. We, we, we just burnt our entire retirement. We got a letter in the mail. You're, you have oil wells in production. <laughs> we didn't even know there were oil wells. My parents, my grandparents never saw anything from this. came out of nowhere. That is helping to restore our retirement income. God is faithful. I love the, the, the Circle Maker book. It talks about praying through which that entire time we were praying through. Then it talks about praising through, and we kept trying to praise through and kept trying to push into for the kingdom of God. And now God's brought us to a place where we can be a financial blessing come on. for the kingdom of God. Come on. Amen. Amen. Gary, come here. Come here. Mark and I and leadership have watched Gary and Kathy over the last 16 years. We, we have, I don't know if I've ever seen faithfulness on display through two believers like Gary and Kathy Mancini. Consistent faithfulness through the valley of the shadow of death that was 16 years long. Pray for yourself that yours doesn't have to be 16 years long right now, huh? But, and then all of a sudden, boom. And many times that's how God works. You just do not throw away your confidence, for in it is a great reward. David Lutz, let's welcome David. So what Gary said, I just want to reiterate that with the Circle Maker book. If you haven't picked it up, pick it up. It's a great book. It's inspiring. It's right and out front. We're just letting you have it for 10 bucks. It costs us 17 Grab it. Yeah, so grab it today after church. 
And what Gary said about um, uh, praying and praising through, I started incorporating that as well. And it's, it's life-changing. Um, changes your whole perspective. Um, so my testimony, real fresh uh, for this, this last Friday, uh, my last quarter of commission, I knew it was going to be really low, but this last Friday as I'm going over with the um, um, operations salesperson, I learned that, oh, there's something that was totally unexpected. I shouldn't have gotten it, but now it's coming into my bucket. So it's uh, increasing my commission for last quarter by three. So what my wife and I expect to be very little has now Triple. increased three times. Tripled. Yeah. Come so, on. Yeah, and w- one more thing. So also with uh, Pastor John talking about the big ass, I went ahead and wrote down all ask. my big a- asks. Ask. Asks. Yes, ask. I, I mumble. Uh, <laughs> and it consisted of uh, my home life, uh, work life uh, in church. So I want to encourage you, write it down and also share it with your family. Share it with your kids, your spouse, your friends. Incorporate them because we're, we're one church. We're, we're unified. We're a family. And families stick together and they pray for each other. So pull people in, pull in the resources. Amen. Amen. And David, I'm going to prophesy, and I did this one time before with one of our ushers who wasn't tithing, and I didn't know it. And I know you're a faithful tither. And I... It was in the middle of the offer, and I stopped, and I said, the Lord says to you that he is going to give you a promotion. He's going to give you what you've asked for. He was asking for a $3,000 raise. His wife was asking for a $10,000 annual raise, which he didn't know about. And he had just told the Lord that morning that he was going to start tithing because he didn't feel right collecting other people's tithes when he wasn't tithing himself. I didn't know that. That week, he got a $10,000 a year raise. I'm prophesying that you guys are going to get your own home. I know that's a desire of your heart, and the Lord's going to bring that to pass for you. In Jesus' name. Eric, come on. This isn't to one-up Gary, but this is from 29 years ago, and I'll make it quick. Uh, something happened within the next last yes, 21 ha- days? Yes, it happened All two right. days ago. All right. So when I was 17, I went to Mazatlan on a mission. It's the only mission I went to in my life. I was JoJo's age. And this lady got healed, and she kept saying, muy caliente, a bunch of times. So I associated heat with healing. And Saturday, I was prayed for by our friend Les at the park. One of the guys said, I feel heat coming off of you, uh, but then it dissipated when you came forward. It was just heat on my jacket. But he said, there's something about you that when you go into a room, people feel your heat. It's the energy of God. It's just something special. And I just was like, okay. I was driving down the hill, and before I got down to the bottom of Hilltop Park right here, I was asking God, I said, Do you, I, I asked you a long time ago that I could pray for somebody and they get, get healed. Is that what you're showing me this morning or what? And I didn't know. But Friday night, I had prayed for a a friend of mine named Peggy. And uh, she calls me as I'm coming down the hill and taking a left at the light. And she says, Eric, when you prayed for me, you prayed for my family. You prayed for just provision. You prayed for just blessings. And you just basically, I was just loving on her and praying for her. She goes, when I came to your house, I had severe back pain. And I had to sit on the floor. I couldn't sit on the chair or the couch. She says, I was completely healed of my back pain. Woo-hoo-hoo! Yes, sir. Yeah, give me that, too. Come here. I'll hug you, man. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so does anybody else come on down here? I got a couple emails that came in. This is from Ben Mester. He emailed this to me. God rescued me from a difficult financial situation. I do, not, I do a lot of shipping for my business, and the post office lost one of the most expensive pieces of merchandise I shipped out. But because I had already tithed on the money I made, I stood on the promise of God's faithfulness and faith that he would come through for me. Miraculously, a month later, my package was found when it should not have been. I mean, he he ships for a living, so he knows 30 days later, that sucker's gone. It miraculously appeared. This fast has given me a greater measure of faith, he capitalizes that, to trust God instead of complaining at him when things don't go my way. (laughs) Yes, that's a great testimony right there. I got another email from Sarah. Sarah, Daryl's wife, uh, says this. Again, great message Sunday. What a terrific series on faith. Thank you for your prayers. The business spigot. She was telling me that 
their 2017, for some reason, is like just shut off. Now comes 2018. I'm sorry, 2018. 2019. The business spigot is open and flowing again, along with a lot of peace that this is the new normal, much like the old normal, old normal, just not 2018 normal. She says, the Circle Maker book has changed how I pray. That book was a big infusion of faith also. Something interesting happened last week, which I think is directly related to my stepping up praying status. I spent some time with a friend, and out of the blue, she asked me to pray for her dog who was having surgery the next day. I love that she knew she could ask me for that. The Holy Spirit is infusing us with increased wisdom also. I get flashes of insight that I immediately know didn't come up without help. Everything just seems integrated. Isn't that beautiful? Chris, come on up here. Let's welcome Chris Larkin, Woo. our youth pastor. All right, so this one's fresh. This one just happened yesterday. Um, and there's still a lot to be prayed for in further breakthrough. But um, So this fast... The one... The one topic on my heart tends to be my mom and my family. And my mom had a, a tough breakthrough, a breakup, I mean breakup. And uh, she's been depressed. And she's been... <laughs> she's been in her home. And she's been, she's been str- struggling, and it's really hard because she doesn't really have anyone. But yesterday, Rachel and I, we went up there, and <laughs> you could just tell there's this peace. It's, you know God is working, and you know God is breaking through. And it's just a testimony because God is, God is so strong. And he cares about the deepest parts of your heart. Yes. And when you break through, when you're praying and you're fasting, God is going to deliver those that you're praying for. Praise God. My mom is being delivered from her depression. In Jesus' name. Jesus, the bondage breaker. So three months ago, I went to Verizon this week with my 14-year-old daughter, Lily. Because, you know, teenagers are pretty rough on their phones, right? And the manager of the store saw me come in, and all of a sudden it was like, I don't know. I don't know. It was like I was royalty or something. And he just started offering me stuff. I was like, what? That never happens in a Verizon store. (laughs) I mean, it adds up fast. He just started, here, you need this. Here, you'll like this. Here, I'm going to give you this discount. I mean, he gave me a $550 phone for $230. I'm like, what? And he starts giving me accessories and stuff. He said three months ago, he goes, "I, I wanted to stop smoking because I have, you know, a newborn on the way. And uh, well, was actually one of the employees said that he wants to stop smoking. And right there in Verizon, I said, well, let me lay hands on you and pray. He's like, okay. And so I just lay hands, eyes open. You don't have to get all weird. And so I just prayed for him. Well, I went in yesterday, and he said, in the last three months, he says, I was smoking two packs a day. He said, in the last three months, I've had two cigarettes. This is not about us. This is about God. Is my son Josiah in the house today? Raise your, look, wave your hand to me. Josiah, you're over there. Okay. Um, you're not going to be able to be seen on camera, but I want them to be able to hear you. Are you on a skateboard? Okay, come, come over to the center. Okay, Ava, I'm going to toss this to you, and I want you to tell him his testimony. No? All right. Chris, okay, Josiah, this is my son, Josiah, down front, okay, 
Okay, Josiah, tell them what happened at youth group a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Uh, so my knee was hurting really bad, and um, I, I was just sitting there while we were uh, praying in a circle, and I just um, thought I'm just going to ask someone to pray for me, so I asked Olivia to pray for me, and um, she started praying for my knee, and when she let go, uh, when she let her hand go, it was completely healed, and I didn't, I was... I just couldn't talk, and I'm like. <laughs> Amen. Amazing. Hey, Chris, you can turn that off and put it back right there. One of the most remarkable things uh, happened to me, happened, that happened, not to me, it just happened. This relationship I've been telling you about that I have with the principals, I was at a round table this month. I've been meeting with them for about eight years now. And the integration of faith into the public sector, you know, is a no-no. And I'm sitting around the table, and we're talking about how to get students not to vape. And I just threw out there, they're talking about how they don't get caught. I said, well, I didn't get caught when I was a kid. And one of the, one of the main guys looked at me, and I've shared my faith with him numerous times in the parking lot by his car, but this time, all five high school principals and a couple district supervisors are sitting around the table. So there's about 10 of us. And I, he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I, I started doing drugs in sixth grade, and I was dealing in middle school and all the way through high school. And he looks at me like this. <laughs> he went, oh. I said, no, really, I was. And he just looked at me. And here's the million-dollar question that I've been waiting for for eight years. Well, what changed you? And I thought to myself, do not screw this up. It was like when I was, you know, five years old, little Johnny, the youngest of a pile of, uh, of, of you know, six kids, and everybody has a you know, life-size personality and loud, boisterous family, mom and dad, and we'd be at a dinner table, and I'd be trying to say something, trying to say something, trying to say something. Johnny never has anything to say. That's worthwhile. And then they'd all said, my dad would say, be quiet. Johnny has something to say. They all turn and stare at me, right? And then you just freeze. And they wait for two seconds, and nothing comes out, so then they all start talking again, right? That's what it felt like. And I just gave my testimony, and I just told him I invited Jesus into my life. And it just changed me from the inside out. And I wish I had said this. You know how you leave an opportunity and you think back, oh, man, I wish I said this. But when you're on the spot, you're kind of like, I wish I would said, can we put this in the seminar? Of course, no. When I was walking out, one of them said, thank you for sharing your story. But if I would have think eight years ago, if I saw that in a vision eight years ago, I would think, how... In God's name, would I ever get there from here? But God will set up these kind of opportunities as we commit to being the salt and light of the world. These testimonies that you heard today, first of all, can we just give God praise for all these? Come on, that's what today's about. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now... I want you to go to Luke chapter 4 with me. I'm going to show you something very quickly. It's very important because the best is yet to come. And then we're going to pray for the sick in here today, but we're going to do it in a very special way. That is a way the Lord showed me this week. That's one of His biblical provisions for producing miracles in a spiritual community. But first I want us to see in Luke chapter 4... When Jesus fasted, there's two scriptures in here I want you to see that are critical for us to see. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he went into the wilderness being led by the Spirit into a 40-day fast. We were led by the Spirit 
into a 21-day fast. We are now ending the fast today. Let's look at what happened to Jesus when he ended his fast. In verse 14, then Jesus, I'm going to wait for it to come up here, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into a fast. When he had completed the fast, he returned in the power of the Spirit. And then the next thing he said was, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, open, preach the gospel to the poor, set the captives free, recover your sight to the blind. The best things happen after the fast is over. We have just dedicated this month to the Lord God Almighty, and He saw it. He's in it. We were led by the Spirit. Now we are returning in the power of the Spirit. And I want you to expect miracles in your life. Your prayers are going to be more effective. Your praying for others are going to be more effective. You're going to hear the voice of God more clearly. The Word of God is going to come alive to you. You're returning in the power of the Spirit. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? That's Bible right there. Mark, did you have something to say? Okay. I thought that's why you're sitting in the hot seat. Okay. That's the batter's deck, by the way, just so you know. Okay. So you're going to be hearing, there's more testimonies. You're going to be hearing more testimonies over, over the weeks to come, and I hope every week. There's something else I want us to do, and, and Stephanie Demink has really challenged us to do this. I want us to not end the fast. You're saying, oh, God, really? Let's reenact the prayer chain, the, fa- the fasting chain that we were doing last year. And that simply means everyone signs up to fast one day out of the month. And online, you can go to our fasting page, and you can sign up. There's a calendar, and you plug your name into the calendar. And let's make sure every single day, at least let's take it a month at a time. Let's start for February. I'll make sure the calendar's up and fresh. You get on our website and put your name on a day for the month of February and say, I will fast that day. Maybe it's a meal, maybe it's two meals, maybe it's all three. Fast that day for the month of February And let's make sure somebody is fasting for the Gathering Place Church every single day in the month of February. And let's watch God continually pour out heaven on earth on us. How many of you will commit to that? Just raise your hand right where you are. Okay? I see it. God sees it. That was more than 30 people. We can cover those days. Okay? It might be up right now. You might be able to do it right now. Get your name in there. And you can double up. But let's make sure there's not a day that is lacking. And if your name's the only one on there, don't worry about it. One a day is enough. Okay, now here's what we're going to do right now as we close out this day. Josh, I'm going to ask you to come up. The book of James, chapter 5. When we play music in here in worship, I want you to understand if you don't already, because I know many of you do, but if you don't know, worship music is not the same as secular or non-worship music. I love all kinds of music, except for well, I won't say it because I'll lose some of you. There's some genres of music that Jesus probably, and I don't even think he likes them. But anyway, I'm thinking country in particular. But anyway, I'm kidding. Secular music or non-Christian music, non-spiritual music is horizontal. It's for our enjoyment and it's awesome and I love it. Worship music is vertical. It goes straight up to heaven. And... In the Old Testament in particular, you see, and it makes it all the way through to the New Testament because you see this happening in heaven, so it makes it all the way through. King Saul was oppressed by a demon. And they said, let us call for a skillful musician uh, to minister to you. So a teenager with a guitar was brought into the king's palace, and when the teenager, David, played his guitar, the evil spirit would leave. What is that about? 
the presence of God. Demons cannot stay in the presence of Almighty God. That's why we are a worshiping church. That's why you need to have worship music in your car, worship music in your home, worship music and your, 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 your list, your favorites, favorites, your playlist. You've got to have some worship music in there. It's a whole nother realm. It produces things that nothing else can. Also, a prophet was going to prophesy. He was going to speak the word of the Lord. And he said this, bring me, oh, listen, listen to this relationship. Bring me a skillful musician that I may prophesy. Worship music stirs up the spirit of within us. He was able to prophesy. God sent the worship team in front of his actual physical army. And when they would declare God's goodness, many times the army didn't even have to lift a sword. God's presence would come, the angels would be released, and wipe out the enemy army. There's another grace that God has set up, and this is what we're going to do now. In James chapter 5, look what this says, starting at verse 14. Is, are there some special select people among you that God loves more than others who are sick? Is that what that says? Say it out loud. That includes you. Tell doubt and unbelief to shut their mouth when you, in your mind, are disqualifying yourselves from the covenant that God has made with you through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Just like Jesus shut up the shamers when the woman caught in adultery, caught in the middle of it, and the religious leaders threw her down in the middle of church and at Jesus' feet to trap Him. And they said, Moses said we're supposed to stone her to death. What do you say? What did he say? What did he say? Whoever hasn't sinned, throw the first stone. Oh, man, don't mess with Jesus. I'll tell you what. They drop the rocks and walk out. And he says, woman, where are your accusers? She said, nobody. She said, he said, I don't accuse you either. He shut up the voices of shame. Then he spoke a life-giving word. Go and sin no more and follow me. They that follow me follow the light of life. You tell doubt, fear, and unbelief to shut up. They are not part of your relationship with God. Say that first script, that first line out loud. Say it with confidence. Say that out loud right now. Anyone. This is a provision to the local church. That's why it's so important to be under the, the covering of of the local church. Be part of a spiritual community because there are graces that are released upon a spiritual community, a place where you are submitted and committed. The anointing flows through spiritual authority, delegated authority into your lives. This is not a solo sport. This is a team sport. And God has placed spiritual leadership in the church, the local church, for your benefit. It's not to control you, it's to bless you and to serve you and sacrifice for you. That's why it says, is anyone, say anyone out loud again, among you sick? Let him call for the elders, that translates into leaders, overseers of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The oil is a, a symbol of the Holy Spirit that we're setting you apart to Jesus right now. Next verse. And the prayer of faith. The leadership of this church have been meditating faith scriptures all week long. And they are ready to release the anointing on you. And the prayer of faith will, not might, will. Saved. That word is saved, is healed. It's the same word. Well, obviously not. You're not this isn't salvation scripture, healing scripture. Will heal the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. In other words, if unrepentant sin is the source of the sickness, not only will you be healed by coming down front here, 
but your sins that produced that sickness, you will be forgiven. So I'm going to call the leadership of the Gathering Place Church to come down front right now, grab anointing oil, and if we don't have enough bottles there and there, you guys share, okay? I want you paired in two. Stephanie, I'll, I'll partner with you. And, uh, and I've, these people in particular have been chosen because they have been anointed by the Lord as spiritual overseers in this house. We do believe in the priesthood of the believers, all believers. What that means is any Christian can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But the Lord has given us all sorts of avenues to release His, release heaven on earth. There's communion, there's baptism, there's prayers of agreement, there's praise, there's tithing. There's all sorts of ways that God's given us. One of the avenues is for the anointed leadership of a local church. And this is the promise. Now the way you're going to call on the leadership of the church is by getting out of your seat and coming down front. Many times, many times, Jesus required action. A man had a withered hand. He was in church. It was all withered up. And Jesus said, reach forth your hand. And when he did, he was healed. Another man was sick. And Jesus said, go to the pool of Siloam and be cleansed. He went there. He was cleansed. He was healed. The Syrian soldier, the captain, had leprosy. The prophet said, Dip down to the Jordan River seven times, you'll be healed. He wasn't going to do it. He was just sitting like, no, I'm not doing it. He was going to go home. And his servant said, if he asked you to do a hard thing, you would do it. All he's saying is go dip in the river. He did. The seventh time he came up, he was completely cleansed. So your calling on the elders is getting out of your seat and coming down. So is anyone sick among you? I don't care how many times you've been prayed for. This is a special moment a unique anointing, the leadership of your church is ready to pray for you. So if you have sickness or disease, chronic illness, get out of your chair right now. Come down front and let these people pray for you. Josh is going to fill the house with worship. And this is how we're going to conclude this service. I want to commend you for fasting. If you didn't fast, make sure your name is the first one on the fasting chain. Let's all stand and begin to worship. I believe God is going to do spontaneous miracles in the house right now as we worship. Let's just lift a song to the Lord right now. Just begin to worship Him. And you are welcome to stay in worship. You're welcome to slip out in fellowship. Don't fellowship in here. Fellowship out there. You're welcome to slip out and go home. This is the conclusion of our service. But let's let Jesus do what only Jesus can do. Right now. Let faith arise.